It is a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM, and uh, we have a couple of very special guests with us live via telephone. Today we get an opportunity to hear a major announcement and uh, to speak about some very important services that are being uh, provided by a very special and wonderful organization uh, in a completely brand new environment. And we'll explain all of it coming up. Uh, our first guest is the CEO of OHEL, who has been a regular with us so many times and is um, always helping us with the mission of the Nahum Siegel Network. And that's, of course, David Mandel. David, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nahum. Pleasure to be here, always. Appreciate that. And the director of the uh, Children's and the Trauma Services of the Zachter Family National Trauma Center is Civi Ryder, and she's with us live via telephone as well. Civi, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you for having me. A pleasure. David, we said, as you heard me allude to it a moment ago, uh, there is a major announcement that's going to be the uh, uh, the springboard for this morning's conversation. What can you tell the community um, from the uh, from uh, the uh, epicenter of OHEL's activities on this Monday morning? The word trauma seems to be on everyone's lips uh, for quite some time, especially over the last two years with COVID and certainly over the past couple of days with everything that's going on in Ukraine and Russia, not only for the Jewish community, but the world over. So trauma has become an all too commonplace word um, um, across the state, across the country, across the world. OHEL has long done work in trauma, excellent work in anxiety and trauma. And OHEL is extremely proud to announce the establishment of the OHEL Zachter Family National Trauma Center. That's Mel and Phil Zachter. Mel is the co-president of OHEL. And what this means is that OHEL's work in trauma not only continues, but it expands on a national level across the United States in a much more formal way, in a much fuller way, with additional staff, with additional support, and with continued expertise with Dr. Norman Blumenthal, who's been OHEL's mainstay in leading the work in trauma, and Sidney Vider, as you mentioned, the Director of Children's and Trauma Services at OHEL. So we're very excited about it, and we look forward to continuing to do this all-important work, Nachum. The, um, the, uh, the national uh, goal, uh, or the goal of having this to be national and now it being established as national, and Mazal Tov to the Zachters, by the way, amazing friends and incredible community leaders, as anybody who's heard this show over the last 35 years knows, Um and David, if this is a question for Civi, you'll let us, uh, you know, redirect. But uh, here's the question: uh, When you say staff, does that mean literally people that will be in assorted cities around the United States who could respond to different situations and be there when needed? Do you mean that it'll be a larger staff in the New York area that'll be able to go out and be part of uh, situations where trauma guidance is needed? What do we What do we mean by an expansion like this? So you asked two questions, and the answer to both questions are yes. We're going to be having additional staff in um, our main offices in New York. As you know, so much of today's work is done virtually. 
virtually in many different ways. And we're also going to be shortly announcing that we will be having staff um, physically located and doing trauma work in South Florida. And we're going to be making an announcement of a major dedication there um, shortly. And we'll have staff located in other parts of the country as well in other states and we'll be making those announcements in time. And I will turn to Civi, and Civi can describe some of the services that we'll be providing, both in person and in many ways virtually. Civi, go right ahead. Sure, sure. So now we uh, have the opportunity to not consolidate our services, but also expand our services so to be able to offer really more depth and breadth to our services. As an example, we're going to be um, starting a whole host of groups to people who've been impacted by trauma and grief, and those are groups that groups that are going to be offered in person in the New York area and also virtually, so people can participate nationally. And we really hope to reach people that um, really haven't been reached before. As an example, not only will we have groups for um, widows, actually in partnership with Samhainu, adults have lost a parent, we're going to be starting groups for our siblings. We know that, um, you know, people who have lost a sibling, that grief is very profound, but often is not really addressed. You know, they have services for parents and services for children, but very little out there for siblings. So we're going to be starting groups for siblings. We're looking to do retreats for different populations who also whose needs have not been met, including uh, retreats for our siblings, retreats for um adult uh, parents who've lost an adult child, just really be able to reach different people who haven't really been reached before through the expansion of our services. Uh, David Mendel and Civi Ryder with us. Civi, uh, why do we need all this? Meaning, is this an outgrowth of COVID that there are so many people that are now willing to come forward and, and deal with whatever grief and trauma they may have? Uh, or we have we just, even without COVID, we've just gotten to a point in our community uh, where the volume of people who are ready to recognize what they're going through and deal with it has just gotten very large. I think that there's a lot more openness now around mental health than there has been before, uh, in large part due to COVID. Um, we know that there have been a lot of losses due to COVID, but it's not just about people who've actually experienced the bereavement. There's been such a change in our typical routines. There's a new term that's come out called languishing, which is a term that is meant for people who are just they may not be clinically depressed, but they're just not thriving. There's just there's a lot more irritability. There's a lot more anxiety that we've been seeing. People coming into our clinic with um, panic disorder and anxiety, sadness, problems in their relationships. So we're definitely seeing the impact out there. If you talk to any teacher in a classroom, we do a lot of school-based work. And that's something that we really hope to expand um, with the expansion of our services. Teachers would have said before COVID, maybe 10% of their kids were disruptive to the classroom or 10% of the kids in the class were kids that you might describe as, quote, unquote, bouncing off the walls. But since COVID, they're saying it's more like 40 to 50% of the kids in their class that are having some of these issues. Hmm. So we really see uh, just an increased prevalence, and it's something that we're really looking to address in a comprehensive way, not just in terms of trauma response, but in terms of a more proactive prevention response to trauma. Well, the website has three uh, major categories here. There may be others, but the three that you're featuring here on the website, one of them is disaster mental health services. And, David, it's no secret that we've spoken about this many, many times on the air. Something happens anywhere. 
and you're there to help adults and children deal uh, with whatever disaster has occurred. Then the trauma outreach and services, which a lot of people are just learning this morning, predates COVID. It's always been there. It just, you know, I guess not as uh, high profile as uh, when, God forbid, there is a disaster. And uh, the third one you mentioned, the teacher support helpline. I can only imagine how many people are taking advantage of that because, as you just described, it's not a funny thing. It's just, it's just amazing what this pandemic has done to so many different uh, aspects of our community and so many different aspects of what affects our children. Uh, teachers must be at a loss at times in terms of what to do, uh, especially during specific times of the year during this pandemic. And uh, it must be uh, a relief for them that they could actually pick up the phone or Zoom, however they communicate, and get support um, uh, from the helpline. Uh, I don't know if that, I mean, again, you could tell me, I don't know if that category really existed much before this pandemic, but now it seems more important than ever. David, am I right? City has um, successfully authored, along with several colleagues, several um, handbooks, several guidebooks, mm. several journals that she has distributed to tens of thousands in yeshivas, day schools, and schools around the country, to the Jewish community and beyond. Think of it this way, Nachum. When you were 7, 8, 10 years old, 12 years old, whatever incident occurred in your life, and something happened, because it occurs to everyone. Um, I was um, separated from my parents when, when we came to Israel for, uh, for some time when we were, um, you know, about to board. And I remember that. So you remember events for the rest of your life. Two years of COVID and the anxiety that it caused children staying home, you know, after the fun stopped, at some point, the fun of it stopped. And people will remember it, children will remember it in many different ways, impactful ways, anxiety-filled ways, even traumatic ways. These conversations that we're having today with teachers and parents is extremely important in terms of allaying some of the concerns anxiety, fears, trauma, that will help kids thrive, as Sivi said. People are languishing. The long-term effects of COVID are not only neurological and physical. For many, including children, they are also emotional and anxiety-provoking. So this is very practical work that OHEL is doing, that Sivi... Dr. Norman Blumenthal are leading in many ways. Tivi, is it hard to uh, put this staff together as it continues to ever expand? Is it hard to find people who are qualified to do all this? Uh, so we, we have actually put together a real dream team, I'm going to say. Um, we have, of course, Dr. Norman Blumenthal. We have Cheryl Chernofsky, who uh, has a lot of experience in trauma work and a lot of experience in schools. And then we have Carly Namder, who has a wealth of experience in school-based work, resilience and positive psychology. So I'm just really excited about the team that we put together. It's really going to be able to do some really good things. Um, If I could speak actually a little bit more to the point that you said about teachers and about work in schools, because it's something that we're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really feel, we've spoken to so many teachers. The teachers have really been the unsung heroes during this pandemic. Like the last couple of years, these teachers have been not just teachers, but nurses, therapists, 
you know, mass police, negotiators, uh, sometimes lunch monitors because there's so many, you know, absences due to sickness. So the Ma- teachers have really been through so, so much. So we really wanted to make sure that the teachers had their own space to deal with their own needs, to have a helpline where they can call for, firstly, their own emotional support, as well as issues that may come up in the classroom, different classroom behaviors that they might need extra support with. So it's all part of an overall initiative that we're going to be developing, which is called Trauma-Sensitive Schools. And it's really, it goes much more beyond like a one-time training on trauma. It's really like an entire approach to help, you know, schools kind of change the culture and understand the prevalence and impact of, of trauma, not just single catastrophic event trauma, but the trauma of abuse, divorce, the pandemic-related trauma, and how to recognize and respond in like a very comprehensive way. So we're putting together really a whole model that involves training, not just teachers, but training the, you know, the front desk staff, the administrators, the school nurse. Okay, the school nurse is pivotal. Is pivotal. We know that after 9-11, there was a 300% increase of visits to the school nurse. Wow. After Hurricane Sandy, kids were coming to the school nurse with coughs because of all the, you know, the molds in the house and they even dubbed it the Rockaway cough and Far Rockaway. We know that in COVID, you know, kids are constantly at the, at the office of the school nurse. So we want to be able to really train everyone, all the student-facing staff in the schools about trauma and how to respond when kids are presenting with issues that may not have a medical basis, but it's still, or may or may not, but it still feels very real to them. So it's really training everyone to kind of look at kids with that trauma lens. Like not, oh, what's wrong with this child, but what happened to this child? What happened to this child that they're acting in this way, and how can I help them? Amazing. Civi Ryder's with us, Director of Children's and Trauma Services of the Zachter Family National Trauma Center, which is brand new. David Mandel, of course, CEO of OHEL. Uh, I'd love to get both of you to comment on this. Um, David sent me the guidelines, if that's the way to put it, or a review of the way people should consider dealing with the Ukraine situation vis-a-vis children and adults. A lot of people are feeling stress, anxiety, etc. My theory is, and I don't know if this is such a brilliant theory, but I think it it may just be obvious, uh, this might be the first full-scale, high-profile war, uh, or whatever you want to call it, I'll call it a war for now, um, that where the footage... And the um, and the uh, and and the and the scenes of disaster are available immediately to everybody around the world. And if we have to assume, which I think we should, that most of our younger kids, certainly you know above a certain age, are on social media and seeing these videos and seeing the pleas for uh, for help and seeing the uh, disastrous attacks that are going on, I think we're in a very different. Uh, war situation. Uh, obviously, in previous decades and centuries, people had to deal with the immediacy if, in fact, the war affected them. And I'm sure there was a lot of trauma involved. But now we're talking about an entire world of all ages that can you know, have a front row seat to this disaster that's going on. I'd love both of you to comment on that and tell me if that's why these guidelines <clears throat> are even more important these days. Malcolm, I'd like you to sit back for about an hour. I'd like you to sit back for about an hour and listen to my response because um, you just opened up so many, so many points. This is, you're right, this is the first war that, and, and it's just terrible to even call it a war, 
that provides instantaneous information. The guidelines that Civi and the Dr. Norman Blumenthal and Civi and Cheryl and Carly drafted last night are the type of guidelines that we prepare in response to virtually any type of disaster or tragedy that we quickly put out to people and put out on our website. This conflict in Ukraine has so many levels to it. Um, of course, the major, most significant level is the death and destruction of cities and, and the killing of people. And, and hopefully that will stop today and the peace talks, however the terms, will be successful. Think about the fact also that Putin has talked about destabilizing a president who is Jewish, and now the entire world, every single media, describes him as a Jewish president. Mm -hmm. And Putin says that he wants to dethrone him to denazify, mm -hmm. to denazify Ukraine, a Jewish president. Ukraine, of course, goes back to World War II, where Czechoslovakia, my parents, my in-laws, the Czech Republic, which was carved up after World War II, became Munkac. Munkac was the point of departure for nearly 900,000 Jews during the war, 450,000 in April 1944, to Auschwitz, the extermination camps. And Munkac is now part of the Ukraine. The Baltic states, um, Lithuania, Estonia, um, anyone who has parents and grandparents and oh well does so much work with Holocaust survivors. So this entire conflict brings back, brings so much together with anti-Semitism and the Shoah and, and the current war that Putin and, and Israel is being put into the middle between the United States and Russia, and I'm not being political over here, there's so much going on in the conversation over there that affects the world and obviously, most of all, affects the Ukrainians. So OHEL is doing its small share to come back full circle. OHEL is doing its small share, its infinitesimal share, but very, very significantly important in describing the events and helping parents speak to their children um, we've always said that, uh, you know, parents should understand that children know everything. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't say, oh, I'm going to keep it away from my child to protect them. The silver lining of COVID, the silver lining of COVID, as Sivi said earlier, is that people are much more open today to talk. Anxiety is no longer a terrible word. It's a commonplace word. Sivi. Sivi, what could you add to this, especially on the point that uh, all of this is, you know, in the palm of our hands at no matter what age someone is and they see this up close and personal? I know it's so true what you said. Like, we cannot shield our children from this. Right. You know, even young children, they already know. They pick up on everything. There is a famous expression that children are excellent observers but poor interpreters. <laughs> so they kind of, you know, know what's going on, but they don't really know. They don't really know how to understand it, which is why we really need the adults around them to kind of check in, check in on what they do understand and what's happening, and help them 
understand it to the extent that any of us can understand what's happening, but help create some type of narrative around it so that the children still feel safe. That even though the world outside may not, might not always be safe, we have safety in our home, and there are people who are helping, and there are things that we can do to help. And so parents need to be the ones to have those conversations. And that's why the, we created those guidelines, because we wanted to give parents just, you know, some sense of, like, what they can actually do. There's a lot that they can do. Also, um, children's coping, especially young children, is very high, highly correlated to the coping of the adults around them. So the adults who are affected also need to take care of themselves, surround themselves by people who are going to be, you know, supportive um, and not dismissive of their feelings. You know, uh, this famous expression by Viktor Frankl that an abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many different ways that people are responding to this, whether it's with feelings of sadness or irritability or having difficulty sleeping. And it's normal given the situation, and people you know, have to be kind of kind to themselves and seek out support when they need it. Uh, no question about it. Uh, the the what, what was sent to me this morning that is available on the website in terms of response to, or not response, how to deal with the uh, Ukraine situation? It will be on the website yes. today, yes. OLFamily.org, that'll be on the website today, everybody, and I highly recommend it. Not, not only is it great in terms of uh, guidelines for uh, this whole Ukraine situation, our children being exposed to it, but frankly, there's a lot of great uh, tools in there um, that can be applied to any type of stressful and traumatic situation. So take a look at that. It'll be on OLFamily.org a little later on, and uh, it's specifically designated uh, to deal with the, um, uh, the the children and adults in our community who are dealing with the trauma of uh, watching and uh, dealing with the Ukraine um, military situation. Uh, we are wishing a mazal tov to our friends at Ohel. Uh, there is now a Zachter Family National Trauma Center, as outlined by the CEO of Ohel, David Mandel, and the Director of Children's and Trauma Services of the Zachter Family National Trauma Center, Tzivi Ryder. And this is a very significant expansion, development, uh, call it whatever you want. Uh, this is going to help even more and more people nationwide uh, who are seeking some type of relief from the anxiety, the trauma, um, the difficult, stressful situations uh, that come up on a daily basis and private situations and obviously those that are uh, that take the, and, and obviously the, those same feelings that take place when uh, when a community uh, suffers a um, local or God forbid national tragedy. So keep all that in mind as uh, Ohel continues to address this very important topic. I'll give the final word to both of you. Uh, Tzivi, anything you'd like to add about all this as we congratulate you on the Zachter Family National Trauma Center? Well, we would love for people to, you know, reach out, learn more about our services. We're going to be launching our trauma-sensitive schools model in the fall. So if anyone would like more information about that, it's a really comprehensive model that we think is going to be transformative in schools. Uh, Please reach out. Contact Carly Namder, who's coordinating that program. And, of course, for all of our just our regular services, our trauma response services, just, you know, reach out, check our website. We're going to be launching really new services every week. And we hope that it's really going to be, you know, really of benefit and meaningful to the community. Oh, well, that's an understatement. It certainly will be. And congratulations again. And to David Mandel, anything you'd like to add about this uh, big piece of news, the National Trauma Center under the OHEL auspices and dedicated by the Zachter family. Anything you'd like to add about all this, David? 
Channel 5, over many years, you remember the Channel 5, 10 o'clock news. Oh, yeah. not with the slogan. <laughs> Do you know where your children are? Do you know where your children are? And my, and my, mo- and my, mo- and my mother of blessed memory would, would take the opportunity to go through the whole list to make sure she knew where, where, all, where all six were sleeping that night. <laughs> Right, right. Jay and our music world used to sponsor right. that, uh, that little uh, adage, do you know where your children are? It's, right. it's 10 p.m., do you know where your children are? Right. So, Nachum Siegel has tens and tens and tens, if not hundreds of thousands of listeners across the globe every single morning. And you, start, and you are 24-hour, from 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. I suggest that henceforth, the Nachum Siegel Network started show after the Modiani by saying, it's 6 a.m., it's 10 a.m. Have you dealt with your anxiety today? <laughs> that would be a message that many people would love to hear. The truth is, though, David, a lot of what we do here does help people ease their stress and anxiety. So, you know, there is a benefit. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a professional in this area. I'm only a professional in the radio space. But there could be a big benefit to people tuning in to stuff they enjoy hearing and stuff that really permeates their uh, their thoughts in a very positive manner. So you, you may be on to something, sir. We'll talk about it. One hundred percent. Music also, you should know, is incredibly beneficial in yeah, healing. No question about it. I saw the reaction uh, at recent concerts, it's like uh, there, there are people who, who, who give the appearance that they're just stressed out constantly, been legitimately at, at work and, and different responsibilities they have in the community, etc. And then they're at a music event or just tuned into some great music and all of a sudden their whole perspective changes. Uh, David Mandel, Civi Rider, again, Mazal Tov, our best to the Zachter family, and thank you so much for joining us this morning at JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nathan. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Civi. Much appreciated, both of you. Thank you so much. David Mandel, of course, the CEO of OHEL. Civi Ryder, Director of the Children's and Trauma Services of the Zachter Family National Trauma Center, which is now, hey, it's been announced on JM&AM, so now it's official. And again, we wish the Zachter family and everybody at OHEL amazing uh, good wishes on this amazing accomplishment. Monday morning, more coming up at JM in the AM.